Hey, Joseph, thanks for taking the time this evening on Rich State of Mind podcast. If you could please just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, really my pleasure. I uh, come from an equity analyst background, so I've worked in uh, venture capital as well as private wealth management. Did that for about 10 years as well as freelance equity analysis. And uh, in 2014, really uh, you know, decided I wanted to run my own business, really build those own assets of my own. So I started, started in blogging. Uh, started the YouTube channel, Let's Talk Money there in 2017. And and it's just been great. It's been great being able to connect with with regular investors rather than just, you know, that top 1%, the private the private wealth uh, investors that I was used to with venture capital and, and private wealth management. Um, so I love love talking about stocks and, you know, really helping people understand stocks and the stock market. Uh, do you feel like more people are now educated on stock investing over these last few years than prior to? Well, there's definitely more more investors, uh, and it's great that you know the the uh, the pandemic and um, you know everything around it brought more people into investing because there's really there's no no better way to grow your wealth and, and grow your money. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of misinformation also, though. Uh, you know. Basically, it was a one-way ticket for stocks, right? So I think a lot of investors have been kind of spoiled into that idea that stocks only go up, and uh, you know you can invest in some of these meme stocks and uh, these these hot stocks that uh, that are going to make you rich, and that's not really how investing works. Uh, I've been investing since 1999, which of course was a great year to start investing because we all know what happened the year after that, and and I think it's really relatable to um, a lot of the people that just started investing over the last couple of years because now they're seeing their portfolio just absolutely get absolutely in the uh, in the stock market crash uh and really the same experience i had in 1999 and um so i think it's uh it's great that a lot of people are investing they just need to need the real the the right information uh on what investing is really about and, and how to grow that over the long term yeah and i think it's fun, interesting how we forget very quickly about certain things like, you know, 2008 to be even a little bit sooner or even like maybe March of 20, mm-hmm. right? That, that time frame things kind of got cut in half and uh, that uh, <laughs> those emotions that we go through, right? We have to Definitely. sometimes pull ourselves back. Uh, those endorphins that are spinning like, oh man, look at that thing going up. You know, I, I know a lot of people checking their Robinhood account, like seeing everything just going up, going up, you know, whether it was a meme coin, uh, or just, you know, or Bitcoin or, or anything that, you know, gains some type of credibility and vol- and high positive volatility during that time frame. I can very well see how people are very um, spoiled. Uh, but I think this is the opportunity to really get some real education on how to properly uh, invest and not gamble, because I think there was a lot of gambling going on. There was, there was, and it happens all the time. And, you know, to a point, that it's almost like a rite of passage, right? That that all investors kind of have to go through. Uh, I went through it, uh, and all the money, all the mistakes I lost, uh, or the mistakes I made uh, throughout that journey. Um, and it's great when you know you can share those experiences and 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 help people not make those same mistakes. Uh, but yeah, a lot of times it's just kind of the mistakes we all have to make to learn from, right? I, I mean, you're you're in the military just as well as I was. We know that the best discipline comes from pain, right? The best uh, the best lessons always come from pain. Uh, so, you know, right or wrong, that's that's just how uh, how a lot of investors have to learn sometimes. Uh, completely understandable. And so, since we're talking about education, uh, what are some proper uh, 
things that people should be looking at or questions they should be asking prior to investing in the stock. Sure. Well, I think one of the one of the most important questions is just what are your goals? What do you want to do with that money? Uh, and, and I think that really helps put some not only perspective on uh, you know on stocks and on returns, but also uh, really it's going to help motivate you to invest. And, and what I mean is, you know, everybody's got their goal of a million dollars by by the time they retire, right? Or or such and such amount. And it really means nothing, you know. I mean, just having some arbitrary goal of of having a million dollars by the time you retire is is not going to motivate you when stocks do start falling or when the budget gets tight, right? So, so what I need people to do is, you know, take take their goals in retirement or their goals for the money, you know, whether it's tuition or buying a house or whatever it is, and build a real story around that, you know, actually go in and think about what you're going to be doing every day in that new house that you own, or uh, in retirement, where are you going to be living? What are the who are the people around you? And, and what are those emotions like, and really create that mental picture. And what that's going to do is one, it helps you understand exactly how much money you're going to need to, to satisfy those goals, right? So it helps you plan a lot better. But also, more importantly, it's going to help uh, motivate you because, you know, when the budget does get tight or when stocks do start falling and, and you get kind of, you get worried about your portfolio, you can take out that mental picture and, uh, and use it to motivate you to just keep investing, keep saving, uh, and, and, you know, keep on that path to that goal. Uh, I think that's, that's one of the most important things. And one of the least, one of the one of the things that most people uh, forget to do, really, with investing. Yeah, because I think, uh, and people do it on YouTube, Google. They want to go straight to how to make a thousand dollars in a month from investing sure. stocks, right? So we want to get straight to the money, straight to figure out how to do it analytically versus internally identifying what best suits us. Um, Absolutely. You know, for most people, a thousand dollars would be great, but does it meet your end goal? You know, or is this going to kind of get you by? And this is supposed to be a long-term thing, you know, unless I guess even for, even for day traders, I feel like that's still something you intend to do for a long period of time to see some gains and live off of it and ha- uh, have a, you know, build up your experience in that. Sure. Sure. Well, what, what, what I like, uh, part of what I like about building that out, that goal and really understanding it is that I think it helps a lot of people realize, you know, how, how, uh, modest returns they really need, right? If you're just saving, you know, a hundred, maybe even 500 bucks a month at the most, uh, and uh, you know, what kind of a return you need to actually get to that portfolio size or, or that, that those financial goals, uh, it can, can usually be very, very modest. Uh, as something like seven to 9% uh, really is, is enough for a lot of people. And so I think when they realize that, then they can step back and say, okay, you know what? I don't need to spend 10, 15 hours a week trying to find that next hot stock. I don't need to stress out about, uh, you know, being on that next big trend or that next big theme theme in the market. I can just, you know, fill my portfolio up with with just a handful of stocks that I really like that I can be in for the long term, not have to worry about them uh, and still get that, you know, seven to nine percent annual return and, and just be great with that, uh, you know, to those long term goals. Do you ever recommend a certain amount that people should be investing, like a certain percentage amount they should be investing out of their take-home pay? Not really. I think I think it's kind of uh, arbitrary. You know, you hear that you should be doing ten percent or twenty percent, or you should be doing uh, a certain amount. And mm-hmm. I think it I think it keeps a lot of people from starting investing because they think, okay, you know what? If I can't invest ten percent of my money, then what the good? Is, what good is it going to do anyway? Or if I can't invest a hundred dollars a month, what good is it going to do? Uh, you know, the most important thing is just people just get started, right? Uh, even fifty dollars a month, fifty dollars a month over the next twenty years will grow to. Uh, you know, 
over a hundred thousand uh, dollars. And so, yeah, it's not gonna it's not gonna make you rich, but it is it's gonna be a great nest egg, uh, you know, even if you start later in life. So uh, I think people do need to start with whatever they can, you know, build up that habit of saving every month and uh, and figure out what they actually want to do with it you know because i think that's going to guide them a little bit better on how much they need to invest rather than just using some arbitrary number you get on online about you know 10 or 20 percent of their income well, that's the first time i've heard it explained that way and, and you're right it is um it is kind of daunting like all right 10 percent. what is that that's oh, yeah that's four thousand that's four hundred dollars a month that's a lot of money I that can be a lot of money yeah. times and, and especially yeah, especially just just starting out, uh, you know, I mean, if you don't have that habit of saving and that habit of investing, then to think that, you know, you need to start with five or six or four hundred dollars a month, uh, then, you know, why even bother? So a lot of people just don't get don't get started. And it's too bad because time is really your best your best friend in investing. I uh, heard a statistic a couple of weeks ago now. It was uh, Warren Buffett. Okay, obviously, everyone knows Warren Buffett. One of the one time richest man in the world, still doing pretty well, even though he's not the richest. I think he's uh, somewhere over a hundred billion dollars net wealth. Uh, he has made. I think he's uh, he's about 80, 85 right now. He has made more money since he was sixty five than he made in the you know fifty years before that investing. Right. Uh, he has made um, he started, you know, something something like he was 14 years old, bought his first stock, uh, invested for 50 years there and was was, you know, did very well, was got very wealthy. But he has made more money just in the last 20 years than he made in the entire uh, 50 years before that. And why? It's because, you know, that that time effect, uh, that compounding, uh, compounding interest, making money on your money uh, when you, you know, he retired or when when he hit 65 he had something like 50 60 million 60 billion dollars well even if you earn just 10 percent on 60 billion dollars that's six billion dollars a year you earn right uh obviously he didn't start off doing that though 50, 60 years ago 70 years ago uh but but he's built that over time so yeah just get started start with you know, 50 dollars 25 dollars 100 dollars whatever whatever you can each month and uh, and build that over time and you will be amazed in 20 years how much you are making off of that portfolio every month just on just on the returns so you know speaking of returns you know obviously we're not seeing the returns that we're used to in these last couple of years lately you know we've uh, basically have entered entered that that bear market uh with somebody putting together their their, their goals or what they intend to do you know how do they make sure they stay sane during a bear market Sure, sure. Well, I think the most important thing is just just change your perspective. Uh, yeah, it's, it always amazes me how people love to invest and push more money into the stock market as prices are going up in that bull market. Uh, but then they freak out, they, they panic sell and, and they get scared and leave the market when stock prices are coming down. Uh, and, and it should be just the opposite, right? Uh, you know, as in as prices are going up, you never know when that's going to be the top, you never know when that's going to be it for the next couple of years. Yeah. Uh, but at, as prices start coming down, you know you're getting a discount. We are now at 20% down from the peak uh, in the S&P 500, so that broad stock market index. Uh, and so you know you're getting a 20% discount, 20% off of uh, where stocks were just six months ago. Um, you know, you you go to any store and they say 20% off and, and, and you, your eyes, you know, your ears perk up and your eyes, uh, are yeah. right? Uh, why don't people do that now with stocks? Uh, so, so yeah, just change your perspective. This is a great time to invest, great time to start investing, right? Because you know, you're getting that discount. Um, another thing that I think uh, will help people uh, is just to, just to keep investing 
and uh, or keep saving. And I don't know that 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 necessarily means you know put all all your money in stocks all at once because you know I do think stocks will fall uh, further into 2022 because um, we are heading kind of towards a recession. But uh, keep that habit of saving because and putting money in your in your investing account every month, you know, whether it stays in cash or whether you invest in stocks, just keep that habit of saving. Because what I see too often is people people stop investing in uh, in stocks because stocks start coming down. They take that money out of the investing account or or they just stop stop saving entirely. And, um, you know, of course, we all know our expenses tend to tend to rise to meet our level of our level of cash flow, right? Or our level of income. Yeah. Um, so if we're not saving, your expenses are just going to magically increase somehow to, to cover that. And, and you're, again, you're going to be at, uh, you're going to be at zero every month. And the problem here is when you do want to start saving again, when stocks start rising and start making everyone rich once again, then uh, you're going to look at your budget and you're going to go, oh shit, what happened? You know, now I don't have any money. I can't save it. Uh, I can't save any money each month because, you know, my expenses are so much higher now. So just keep that keep that habit of saving, uh, even if you're not investing in stocks. Put it, uh, you know, put it in cash or you know some of the other investments, the safe investments we can talk about, yeah. and um, you know, and and you'll be better for you're better off for it. Uh, and so, how long? You know, one thing I meant to ask you, let's just say bear sure. market one hundred and one. Uh, what co- what causes a bear market, and then sure. how long does that usually last? You know, historically. Sure. Well, there's there's typically three things that that cause a recession or or a bear market in stocks, and uh, you know they're not exactly the same, uh, but they are they do t- do tend to follow each other uh, pretty closely. Uh, one is the Federal Reserve increasing interest rates, so that's the central bank of the United States. They really uh, you know control or they try to try to guide the economy because they have two two things they have to do, you know, just two rules. The Federal Reserve has to live by one is low inflation and two is, you know, a good jobs market. So low unemployment. Um, and those are kind of, it's kind of a balancing act, right? Because when you have, you know, really low unemployment, everyone has jobs, everyone's getting raises, then that kind of spurs inflation, right? That that drives the economy and, and drives prices higher. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of have to raise or lower rates to balance that. Uh, what the situation we find ourselves in now with with inflation at 40 year highs, they need to slow down the economy to slow down that rise in prices, right? So they they start raising interest rates, they start raising the cost of borrowing, um, and that that slows down the economy. It slows down, uh, you know, it brings stock prices down, things like that. So that's one, and that's really the most common thing that that pushes us into a bear market or uh, a recession. Uh, the other things are, are things like commodity price shocks, you know, like the uh, the, the oil embargo back in the 70s, uh, you know, lots of oil price shocks uh, often, something we saw earlier this year with when Russia invaded Ukraine and that oil price shock, the uh, the, the food price shock with the grains coming out of that region. Uh, so that's uh, that's another one. And uh, typically, once the the data we have going back to you know the 1930s, typically a recession or a bear market will last anywhere right around nine to eleven months. So they are they they are fairly short. You know they they do tend to be fairly short when they get started. Um, and then the bull market. So when when stocks do start, when prices do start rising again, those tend to last about 54 months. So much longer. Uh, the the pain is very concentrated, usually very focused. Yeah. And uh, and something a lot of investors, you know, if you keep that perspective of you're getting a discount in stocks, it's something you can live with for you know nine to eleven months. And so, what type of uh, what type of stocks should I be looking at? Um, you know, should I be looking at okay, maybe 
maybe some type of staple stock, some type of anchor stock that's going to weather the storm and maybe not so volatile. Should I be shifting or should I should I be like, hey, I'm just going to take it. You know, Amazon shot down a lot. Right. So I'm sure. just going to invest more into Amazon. Or should I be shifting a little bit of that over? Um, sure. Not yeah. specifically Amazon, but just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for a lot of people and. and the easiest thing you could do is just, yeah, just not worry about it. Just keep on that goal of uh, those long-term goals you have, mm -hmm. investing in those long-term companies you have. Uh, Amazon is actually a great choice because, you know, it, it is a, a very strong, very safe and stable company. Uh, the price has come down quite a bit. So you're getting that great discount on shares right now. And, uh, and, and yeah, just, you know, have a handful, have a handful of 10, maybe 15 individual companies that you really like invest in those no matter what every single month and uh, and you'll do very well over the long term um one example i love to give is is amazon in fact uh ipo'd in 1997 right towards the peak of that dot-com bubble uh reached uh, reached about a uh, it was a hundred dollars a share in uh in 1999 right at the peak uh in the crash fell 95 percent okay this is amazon now okay the what would become the largest e-commerce company in the world uh lost 95 percent down to about five dollars a share five five dollars and sixty cents a share uh by 2002. and of course we know what's happened since then you know just uh earlier this year it was at 3500 dollars per share before the split okay which would have been a uh, 500 times your money okay so so being able to to keep that perspective and just invest for the long term not getting worried about uh the stock market crash or you know what stock prices are doing but investing every single month you would have earned 500 times on your money could have turned a thousand dollar investment into five hundred thousand dollars in just one stock um so yeah you know have those 10 to 15 stocks that you really like i always i always recommend having you know three or three to five uh, exchange traded funds so just funds uh you know funds of stocks uh, as well just to kind of diversify and spread out your risk across the stock market and across other assets uh, but yeah just a very simple portfolio that you can invest in uh you know every month no matter what um that's that works for 99 percent of the people out there simple stress-free i don't even have to worry about it uh, for those that do want a little bit more stock picking a little bit more fine tuning then then yeah you could uh, you know you could shift a little bit more towards the stocks that tend to do better during a recession uh, you've got things like consumer staples which are your food processors your packagers household goods things like that awesome. you've got your, your utility the electric and gas companies things like that uh, pharmaceutical stocks so drug makers uh, do very well uh, auto parts stores actually tend to do pretty well in a recession also uh, and and of course these are all things that that you tend to buy whether the economy is uh, is growing or not right uh, if you know people people need their heart medication whether the stock whether stocks are falling or not okay and maybe even more heart medication um people people are going to be smoking or buying alcohol or uh, you know by drinking pepsi or coke whether the economy is falling or not um these are the kind of the, the, the kind of company companies and the kind of stocks that you know very dependable cash flows and, and very dependable stock prices i never would have thought you know something like auto parts or yeah. all the service companies would be but you're right. People need it's it's surprising that uh, dollar stores and, and I mean this is all from research. I did research on the 2007 from October 2007 when the stocks hit their peak to uh, March of 2009 when when the the market hit its low. Uh, market fell about 55 percent during that period. 
And, uh, and yeah, we see a lot of the auto parts stores, a lot of the dollar stores and discount stores uh, for, for kind of intuitive reasons. Uh, you know, if people are cutting back their spending, they're going to go to where they get, can get the biggest discounts. Uh, but if people are, you know, uh, if people are, are not buying new cars, then they're going to be fixing up their old cars. Yeah. So that, uh, that drove really drove those auto parts stores uh, very well. It's not to say that these stocks consumer staples, utilities, all these, uh, all these stocks, it's not to say that they're not going to see some losses. And we have seen, you know, a drop off in some of these stocks, uh, but, but they, they tend to fall less than the rest of the market, just because they have a little bit sta- more stable cash flows and that kind of thing. Uh, that reminds me during COVID how Lowe's and Home Depot was getting a lot of business because people were stuck at home sure. doing sure. home repairs or home improvements. So I find yeah. that very interesting. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, and there's there's trends that you can follow. Uh, kind of some of the longer term trends in artificial intelligence, in self driving. You know, trends like that that uh, really have those big big picture ideas and forces behind them that that should drive those stocks. You know, over the next ten or, or fifteen or twenty years even. So really, kind of trying to take the market crash out of uh, you know out of those stocks and, and out of your portfolio and just investing for that long term. That's it's another great strategy. So I've been looking into um, companies that um, do 3D printing. I think uh, I've done some research on that for my degree and 3D printing. I remember when you growing up, if you had a, a household would have one computer and maybe one printer, right? Now we've got a bunch of computers, whether it's our phones or our desktops. And then now I, the future, I believe, is 3D printing will be a commonplace. And the idea yeah. is that you will, instead of, let's say I buy something from Amazon and it's delivered to my doorstep, I buy something from Amazon and it's printed out of my 3D printer as long as I have the materials. Now, how that process is going to go, I don't know, but that's just my thought. Uh, from what my research is, I, I've been looking into companies that do that, that, that either fund that, uh, create them, yeah, it's it's amazing what these uh, what these three three D printers can do now. If yeah, as long as you've got if you've got the material to go into it, uh, I mean, it can it can build spare parts for you know anything anything you need, uh, as well as you know just parts that you would normally buy and and have them shipped. Uh, you can just print them right there at home. Yeah, and they're actually building homes now too. Three printed yeah. homes. Wow. And so hindsight is twenty twenty. We talked about like nineteen ninety nine. Talked about ninety seven with Amazon. Uh, going back to 99, when you started investing, if you could go back in time, the age you are now and talk to your younger self, what would be some things you would have told that, you know, that younger Joseph? Wow. Yeah, don't, uh, I, I mean, one of them would, would be, don't get, uh, don't get caught up in a lot of these, these hot stock uh, trends, right? Or, or the trend of the moment or momentum investing, uh, you know, momentum investing, I, I think was, is a big one just this last couple of years as well, where, uh, it's great to think that uh, a stock is going to make you rich overnight, uh, or or that stocks always go up, and and you know in stocks that you really know about, you've done your research, and you really think it's a great company, investing only because they've gone up. Okay, we've seen a lot of that over the past couple of years. Uh, investors chasing those those stocks with the highest returns, thinking that those are always going to be the ones with the highest returns, and, and of course, you know those are also the ones to fall the hardest when the stock market crashes. Uh, we've seen, yeah. you know, 80, 70, 80, 90% sell-offs in, in a lot of these stocks just over the, this last uh, this last year. So, you know, stick with stick with those good, great long-term companies, uh, those great long-term stocks. That would be one of them. Uh, another would be to, um, 
you know, to diversify uh, a little bit, not just have all stocks in your portfolio, right? Have some bonds, have some real estate as well. Uh, that's really going to co- help smooth that ride uh, out a little bit. When uh, when stocks do start falling, then then you're going to have those bonds to pick up the pace a little bit. You're going to have real estate to, to help you fight inflation as yeah. well. Yes. Yeah, and so speaking of bonds, I know you have some favorite uh, investments currently right now. What, what are those uh, favorite investments right now? Sure. Well, you know, bonds haven't been haven't done great this year, uh, but they still have protected people's portfolio. Uh, if you look at something like the uh, like the Vanguard uh, BSV, the the short term bond fund, that's ticker BSV. Uh, it's I think it's down maybe something like five percent this year so far uh, against stocks that are down twenty percent. So it has helped protect you from the worst of that stock market crash. Uh, and it tends not to fall quite as hard when interest rates go up. It really, that's why a lot of bonds uh, you know, lately have been falling because, because as interest rates go up, those, those older bonds are worthless. Um, so you know, bonds, bonds can still protect your portfolio. I like that, that BSV fund. Uh, one of the best opportunities though is in the Series I savings bonds, right? So it's not necessarily a corporate bond, but a savings bond issued by the government. These things, these are adjusted every six months depending on the rate of inflation, right? So obviously with 40 year highs in inflation, these, uh, the, the interest rate you're getting on these is just through the roof. Uh, these have been around since 1998, but really just started paying this, these great rates over the last year, uh, paying 9.6% right now. And, uh, and you're limited to $10,000 is how much you can put into these, how much you can really protect. Uh, but you can put, you can max out that limit for anyone with a social security number, as well as, you know, any company with an EIN, with a, 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 an employee number, uh, identification number for taxes. Uh, so, you know, I've got, I've got the 10,000 in my account, my wife's, our two kids. Uh, and it's, it's really a great way to not only protect your money from, uh, from further stock market weakness, but still earn that return, you know, still earn what is right now a 9.6% annual return, which is uh, just an amazing return for any kind of a guaranteed safe investment. Yes. Um, now you are locked into that for at least a year as a savings bond. You have to hold your money in there for a year. Uh, if you sell within, you know, between that one year and five years. So if you sell before five years, you give up like three months of interest, but, uh, you know, really 10% a year, three months of that is, is almost nothing. Um, and I think we're, we're going to need that kind of stock market protection for at least another year. Uh, so, uh, so 9%, 9.6% is, is just really too good to pass up for a guaranteed safe investment. Uh, I agree, especially when something's guaranteed. And, uh, you know, when I hear you say, you know, we're going to probably need that for at least a year, I know that's going to feel like an eternity to people that were so used to things going up. Mm-hmm. Um, I spoke to you earlier before we started recording how like I, you know, I'm really big on real estate investing. And so I'm kind of, I've been kind of waiting, not, so I've been kind of looking, I, I still want to buy actively because you still can find deals, but uh, right. even we're starting to, like you talked about the interest rates, right? I'm getting like 7% interest rate, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, for my investments. And uh, it's, you know, like I said, if the numbers make sense, then fine. But definitely seeing uh, the correlations between the two. And uh, But you're right. Inflation was great. And it definitely helped a lot as far as the appreciation of our homes. Uh, it, it helped in that part. So there's pros and cons, obviously, how this goes. And then we just I believe that it's it's always nobody's at a complete loss. It's just you have to pivot. The market just makes you pivot and decide a new strategy in order to continue to succeed. And I like it. Uh, um, 
I know a few people have mentioned like, you know, we're going to see who the real idiots are now. They're all going to be exposed now. Uh, but I like to mostly think about this as just a lesson to learn that I don't see. It's not the worst. I don't, I've seen bigger drops in my lifetime from, oh, yeah. what's, from what's happening. So I think this is a good lesson to learn. Everybody, you know, do your homework now, really become a real investor or just get out with your Dogecoin and, you know, sp- spend money elsewhere, yeah. uh, which is fine. Yeah, like, like I said, you know, I mean, sometimes, sometimes it's just the hard lessons that you have to learn, right? You, that 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 discipline that can only come from pain, the pain of loss, uh, and that kind of thing. And, and you're right, you know. The, so stocks fell more than fifty percent in uh, the, you know, the, on the dot com burst, uh, fell fifty five percent in two thousand seven through two thousand nine. Uh, we're only down twenty percent on on the broader market index right now. Of course, you know, obviously some of those those hot stocks and those trending stocks are, are down sixty and seventy and eighty percent. Uh, but uh, you know, so that that's just it's just the lesson a lot of people have to learn. It's it's better that you uh, you be honest with yourself uh, what you're investing in. You learn that and learn that lesson now rather than continue to make that same mistake over the next twenty or thirty years. Right? If you can learn that lesson now uh, and then you know and really put your portfolio back on track and you know pivot when you need to. Uh, and make those smart investing decisions, then you know this is going to be th- this is going to be a fading memory uh, when when you're oh, yeah. you know, when you're cashing those cashing those bigger checks and you know with your financial goals. Exactly, you're, you're ex- exactly right. Actually, it's going to be like, oh man, I was to think I was stressing out during that time frame. Yeah. Uh, and so I always like to ask everybody this: uh, What is your rich state of mind? What's your big why? You have over five hundred sixty thousand subscribers on YouTube, so you're clearly doing this with intention, with passion. But the question is, why? Why are you doing this? Sure. Well, I, I think it's just because you know I worked for so long, uh, only being able to work with with kind of that one percent, right? Venture capital, uh, you have to you have to have over a million dollars net worth or uh, some like two hundred fifty thousand dollars net income a month, a year to uh, to invest in venture capital. Uh, the private wealth management uh, clients that I worked with, those had to be accredited investors as well. So I just spent so much time, you know, really being restricted on, on who I could talk to with investments and uh, and that kind of thing. Uh, it's just it's refreshing. It's great to be able to talk to to Main Street investors, regular investors. I mean, that's where I come from. Uh, so it's great being able to share that experience with with regular investors uh, and help them really with the same the same analysis and the same insight that I was able to bring to to the wealthy and, and that that one percent. It's appreciated. And uh, you save people a trip that what used to be for a lot of people, I'll say 15 years plus a trip to the library right? <laughs> to, to pick up a book and, and, and read it and probably hundreds of pages before they get to the answer that they needed, which was on your 10 minute video on YouTube. So uh, I do appreciate, uh, you know, your service in that way, educating a lot of people, you know, millions of views on that. And uh, it's, I've, I've been looking at your stuff, you know, I remember Bowtie Nation. Uh, so I definitely remember that. And, uh, you know, cool, cool, cool. You find a little, cool little way to uh, connect with your fans too, uh, as well. So uh, again, man, appreciate you being here. Uh, I think it was great insight. Help people not be so stressed out about this bear market. It's not the end of the world, not Armageddon. Uh, and then, like I said, just pivot into a, a strategy and identify and map out that strategy to be successful. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Definitely. It's my, it's my pleasure.